Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. Pastor, this is the 56th episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast, and, and so thankful for all those that listen, have been so good about sharing and out there. They're telling people to listen. They're talking about it in their life connection groups. They're uh, on Facebook and Twitter and text, so I just encourage them to keep on doing that and keep the buzz going strong. Uh, so uh, today we're going to be talking about the question, as we have been for the last few weeks, what about the church in this time of COVID-19? And if there's anything that has been consistent is that March started out with a lot of change. And uh, many of us don't know now what to do about church or how we should do church. And most of the time we think of church being the worship service, as I do. I mean, you think, well, I'm going to church. We actually use that word. But church is more than just Sunday morning worship service. Um, And community is a big part of that. I'm uh, the uh, Connections Pastor at Northwood, which means I'm head of the Life Connection Groups or our community groups, however you want to uh, call it, the small group ministry. But it's a major part of what it means to be in the church and be a part of the church. So we are asking the question today, how are our people, the people of God, going to find biblical community in these times of COVID-19? So, uh, Pastor, with that in mind, what, where do we go from here? Yeah, we need to figure this out, don't we, Trey? Yes, because God has designed us to live in community with other people. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about that on this episode and how we can uh, maybe better be involved in the church community. Trey, I just got back from vacation. I know, and you look rested and vacated, so you look great. Thanks, man. You look a little poorer, too, though. That place took my money. <laughs> Gatlinburg is an expensive city. Everywhere you go, it costs $100. Wow. It seemed. Wow. We went to um, Dixie Stampede. Well, they actually changed the name. They don't call it Dixie Stampede anymore. Dolly Parton Stampede. You ever been to Dolly Parton Stampede? I have never been. Yeah. I've been to Dollywood, but not to I didn't go to Dollywood. That stampede. was way too much money. You know, Dollywood, that was like $100 a person per day. And it cost me $10,000 take my family to a week, for a week in Dollywood. That's more expensive than Disney. Yeah, that's I have no that's idea what there. Disney costs, but I mean, it was expensive. But we went, to, we went to her stampede, which was pretty cool because we watched 40 horses run around in a circle while we ate dinner. Really? Yeah, pretty impressive. So while you're eating dinner, the horses are riding around? Not all 40 at the same time. That, but that's 40 lot. horses 40 horses total. in okay. the show total running around while we were eating dinner. Oh, okay. So and and, and I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah. So I, I reserved our tickets online before we went. Um, there was another show we wanted to see, but it was it was sold out. We wanted to go see Pirates. There was a Pirate Dinner mm, show, which I thought the boys would really enjoy. And, and it was sold out for like three days. So we, we decided to do the Dollywood Stampede. Stacy is a Dolly Parton fan, so I knew she wanted to go see that. And I thought, man, our, my boys never see horses run around. so And they really enjoyed it. So, so I reserved my tickets online. And when I got there, I guess where we got to sit? I'm going to guess on front the front row. row. Front row right. at... Dollywood Stampede. That's awesome. It was awesome. And so my, my big concern, though, was you know, 
horses running around like in front of me while I'm eating. I was afraid of what might flop in my face <laughs> while I was trying to eat my chicken. And that was a that was a legitimate fear. It was. I've been around it horses was a legitimate enough to know. Fear. Thankfully, I didn't get anything thrown in my face while I was eating my chicken. But <laughs> that was pretty interesting, man, to see all those horses running. Around. Boys loved it. But yeah, yeah. All that to say, Dollywood and not Dollywood, Dixie Stampede, whatever it's called, and just all the different things there. Yeah, it does take a lot of money to go. Mm. To Gatlinburg. Mm-hmm. Really amazing. And you think about vacation. We go away on vacation to do what? To get away to get from away, everything. Yeah. To relax. Yeah. Right? And, and there's something good about that. We need those times of getting away. And, and vacation for all of us might look different. For some of us, it looks like going to Gatlinburg with family or, or whatever the case may be. But we, we want to go on vacation to isolate ourselves mm-hmm. in a sense. Mm-hmm. And especially if you go to the mountains, Trey. Yeah, and that's mountains. part of the reason why you go to the mountains is to isolate yourselves. We stayed in the condo that was... Um, near the top of one of the mountains there in the Smoky Mountains, it was like a 20-minute ride up the mountain, and you didn't, oh my you didn't see a lot of people riding up the mountain. I mean, wow. People just don't live up there. I mean, there were rentals up there, but people just, it's a pain to live on top of a mountain. I would say it would be difficult. Yeah. And so it's, it's real easy to, to isolate yourself and get away. And, and you think about mountains in general, right? You just think about, you know, um, just being in the beauty of God's creation mm-hmm. and just enjoying God's creation. I mean, it's it's really cool to to get away mm-hmm. and to to be isolated and have some solitude. Solitude's important, right? But but here's the reality: while solitude is important, we weren't designed to stay in solitude. Exactly, exactly. Solitude's important. It's it's important for you, Trey, every day to have. A time of solitude, isn't it, it? It is. I do it every morning. It's important for, for me every day to get up and spend time in the Word and to mm-hmm. pray and, and to seek God on my own. That's important, but that's only part of my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. A large part of my relationship with God is to be spent in community with other believers. This is what's so beautiful about the gospel. Oh, yeah. The gospel is individual, right, in, in, in the sense that when I, I place my faith in Christ, I was individually saved, that 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 I am going to be with Jesus forever because of what Jesus did for me mm-hmm. on the cross. But Jesus didn't die just for me. Mm-mm. He died for everyone who places their faith in him and trusts him. I'm a part of a family, and I need to be connected to that family of believers that, that claims Christ, who believe in the death and resurrection of Jesus. I need to be intimately connected to the family. And so, so on the last episode, Trey, we talked about, you know, making the most of, of worship. Yes. Being a part of the, the large group gathering. And that's important. But it's equally important to be involved in a small group gathering, mm-hmm. to really experience what it means to be a part of the family of God. Well, you know, I teach the uh, Connect to Northwood class that we do after we do uh, Connecting to Northwood. And, and one of the things we talk about is that uh, we have to, as we grow larger, we have to grow smaller. Mm. Mm. And I think that's what this, it's a both two. I yeah. don't. I don't think we have to. We can leave one out. Yeah, yeah. We we need to gather in large group gatherings, mm-hmm. like we do every Sunday morning during our worship services. We need that. We need to. We need to see that that the family of God is big. And I think mm-hmm. that's that's part of the beauty of 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 large group gathering is you get to worship with hundreds of people at our church anyway, with hundreds of people, and and you see, man, the kingdom. Mm-hmm. God is growing his kingdom. This is awesome to be a part of something that's so much bigger than myself. But, but you know, like I know that, that when you're a part of that large group gathering, I mean, it's hard in a large group gathering to really build community. You need a small group. You need to be, a, you need to be involved with, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people to really experience biblical community mm-hmm. that you might not be able to experience on such a large scale yeah. sometimes, yeah. right? Yeah, and, and it, it's small group for a reason. Yeah. 
We don't want large churches in 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 a, in a in a you know outside of the worship service right, right, right. That, that where they're worshiping. It has to be like you said. The numbers need to be small. It's by yeah. design. Yeah, for that, yeah, so. yeah. And so when you were growing up in church, or when I was growing up in church, we we were we were in what was called Sunday school, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you think about it, even growing up in a Baptist church, going through Sunday school, how instrumental Sunday school was to your growth as a follower of Jesus. I've often said that all I need to learn, all that I needed to learn, I learned in Sunday school. Yeah. I don't know if that's exactly right, but, you know, so much of what we built our life on, we learned there. And I think about, for me, Trey, you know, in my faith journey, and I grew up in Sunday school and and had that experience and very thankful for that. But but when I got into college and started being involved in, in campus ministry mm-hmm. and being involved, involved in college Bible studies, I, I really began to see and, and experience the importance of being involved in a small group fellowship. There was just something life-giving about being in a group of, you know, eight, nine, ten people where we were studying Scripture together and praying for each other and you know, fellowshipping together, that was just super important for my spiritual development. And 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 we want at Northwood for people to have that same experience Amen. where they're connected to some type of small group where they are are, are being encouraged in their faith and they have a, a family, a family that they're a part of mm-hmm. inside of our local church. So yeah, this is really important. And I know for us, Trey, here at Northwood, especially during this this pandemic when when everything's just been so topsy turvy, um it's been just vitally important for us at Northwood that we do all that we can to keep these small groups together. And it's been a blessing because what we've, we've done several things. We we've gone online, Mm -hmm. done zoom meetings. Um, We're actually having some of our small groups doing a zoom meeting while they're having small groups. Yeah. Yeah. uh, At, you know, yeah, have some meeting here on campus, yeah. and they're zooming in. Others off campus, so, so everybody's still connected in some way. Oh, we think it's that important. We that do. We have to put huge effort into making it happen, even during this time. Yeah. So, and you think about our um, at Northwood, we do a connect to Northwood class. That when you want to become a, a member or a, a partner with mm-hmm. our church, you go through this particular class, and and that's one of the first things we tell people is get involved mm-hmm. in a small group. Mm-hmm. We want people to come to worship. It's vitally important. But we equally want people to be involved in a small group. It's vitally important as well. And so, so what we want to talk about today, Trey, is why it's so important that you as a follower of Jesus are involved in a small group, why you're connected uh, to, to, in our church, we call them life connection groups. Other churches call it Sunday school, uh, cell groups. There's a million different names mm-hmm. for it. But, but what we're talking about are small groups, Amen. groups of eight to 10 people who are committed to each other for the purpose of spiritual growth and fellowship. That's Amen. what we're talking about. Why is it so important? So let's look at four reasons why you need to be in small group then. Number one, you need to grow in your faith. Simple enough, right? Yes. So Trey, I was in the mountains this past week. And, and you know, like I do, a lot of significant things in Scripture happen on mountains. You mm-hmm. have Mount uh, Sinai. You have the Mount Transfiguration, mm-hmm. the Mount of Olives. You have, you know, the Temple Mount. You have all these different mountains in, in Scripture and, and places where God revealed himself. So, so I say all that to say that, man, God does reveal himself to us individually. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you've heard it said, you've heard people say, well, I just want to go get away. Mm-hmm. I'll meet with God when I go fishing this weekend on, on the lake, or I'll meet with God in the mountains when I go on vacation. I'll, I'll go away and meet with God. Mm. Can you grow apart from being involved in a small group? I think you can. I think yeah. it's probably slowed down, though. Yeah. I think it's uh, you can there's certainly, something strong yeah. that, that helps you. Go ahead. You can certainly get away. You can yes. certainly go to the mountains, go to the lake and go fishing, go to the beach. You can, you can find your place where you meet with God, and you need a place. I mean, I, you know— 
for me, it's in my recliner every morning. I get and have my cup of coffee and read scripture. And, you know, I mean, we, we need that, that place where we can meet with God on a regular basis, right? And, and God does grow us during that time. But, but Trey, here's the reality, and you know this like I do. Your best spiritual growth happens in community. It does. In a discussion. It's just that simple that you're going to grow best when you are involved with a, a group of people who are like-minded, who are, are, are also desiring spiritual growth and who are going to encourage you in your spiritual growth. Mm. Because here's what I found. I found out in my walk with Jesus. When I'm not connected to the body, my growth is greatly inhibited. Mm-hmm. I just don't grow very well. I mean, I'm, I might, um, you know, have that time in the Word, but what's going to happen over time, if I'm not connected to the body of Christ— is, you know, I just kind of grow tired in my faith. Well, I think that God designed us that way. Yeah, God designed God us, designed to, us to, to be need in community. community. You know, this is our mantra, that your best spiritual growth happens in community. I, almost every week I tell my Life Connection Group leaders this. Yeah. You know, we beat this thing like a dead horse, you yeah. know, because that is the way it is. That yeah. just is the way it is. Yeah, it's just something about being around people mm-hmm. that, that really motivates me in my growth. So 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 let me let me share some things with you, Trey. Uh, Ed Stetzer and Eric Geiger, they they years ago worked for Lifeway, which is the publishing arm of our Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, they participated in a research project mm-hmm. uh, talking about discipleship and how people grow and things like that. Uh, they they surveyed three thousand people. 3,000 Southern Baptists and talked about uh, spiritual growth, and they released a book called Transformational Groups. Great book. It mm-hmm. talks about how how significant small groups are in the local church. And so I just wanted to share some things that came from that book. So uh, they, I'm not going to get into all the details, but they, they surveyed eight different areas of growth, like evangelism, spiritual disciplines, you know, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And, and, and listen, listen to the contrast. So on the one hand, you have people in this survey that did not attend a small group, okay? And on the other hand, you have people that they surveyed who t- attended a small group regularly, three, mm-hmm. four times a month, or whatever the case may be. And so they asked some questions, and and then as they asked those questions, they've got some percentages to help us understand how people answered. So, for example, here's a question, or here's a statement. I intentionally spend time with other believers in order to help them grow in their faith. So, if you don't attend a small group, 22% said they did that. Wow. But, but on the other hand, people who attend a small group multiple times a month, 63% of them said, yes, I intentionally spend time with other believers in order to help them grow in their faith. Or, or think about this. I intentionally try to get to know new people I meet at church. That seems pretty simple, right? It seems Just very simple. It seems like that'd people. be normal. You yeah. Know? But if you don't attend a small group, listen to this. Only 37% of the people who did not attend a small group said, yeah, we do that. But on the flip side, 67% of people who attended a small group said, yeah, I, I, I go out of my way to meet people at church when I come. Just twice as many. Yeah, twice as many. Wow. And, and that's just some simple things, right? There were other things regarding like spiritual disciplines. Check this out. For people who did not attend a small group, only 27% of them said they read the Bible regularly. Isn't that crazy? But, but for people who attended a small group, again, 67, 67% said they read the Bible regularly. Or, or, or think about this. Pray for fellow Christians I know. We should all pray for Christians, shouldn't we? Or sure for our family, whatever the case may be. This is pretty good. For people who did not attend a small group, mm-hmm. 54% said they prayed for fellow Christians they knew. 
Well, that's good. Not bad. But but check this out. For those who did attend a small group, 82% of people who attend a small group said they prayed for Christians. Still a huge difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or think about this, right? Um, Confess my sins and wrongdoings to God and ask for forgiveness. Mm. For those who did not attend a small group, 54% of those who did not attend a small group said, yep, we, we pray for forgiveness of our sins. Again, not bad. That's over half. Mm-hmm. But compare that to 79% of people in a small group who said, yes, we regularly confess our sins to the Lord. So all that to say, I mean, and, and they give stat after stat after stat that comes from this research to show how significant a small group is for your own spiritual development. And you know that, Trey, and I know that because we've experienced that. Some Definitely. of my, my best growth has come in discipleship groups, small groups, life connection groups, whatever you call it, having followers of Jesus around me to encourage me and push me in my faith has been instrumental mm. in my spiritual growth. Amen. So we need to grow in our faith. I yeah. mean, it's just how it happens. And it happens in a small group. Number two, you need biblical conversations. Yeah, and so here's the beauty of what we do at Northwood. Uh, what we do at Northwood, we do what we call sermon-based discussion groups, mm-hmm. right? That that on a Sunday morning, I'll, I'll preach a message, and in the following Sunday morning, in that Life Connection group, uh, your, your group discusses the message that I preach the, they don't discuss the preacher, right? They discuss the content <laughs> and the message, the scripture. And so so yeah. the way we describe it here is, you know, on a Sunday morning when I preach a message, I mean, it would just be really weird if people started raising their hands and mm-hmm. asking questions, right? Because on Sunday morning when I preach a message, that's that's a monologue, mm-hmm. right? I, I'm, I'm preaching. I'm, I'm, I mean, I hate to use the word lecture, but in a sense, it's kind of got that lecture feel to it. I'm, I'm talking, you're listening. It, it, you, you probably shouldn't interrupt me and ask a question. That would just be rude on a Sunday morning, right? Mm-hmm. But on the following Sunday, when you get to be in your Life Connection group, you get to ask your questions, mm-hmm. things that did not make sense in the passage to you or things that, that you want to spend some more time talking about or some different ways to apply the text. All that happens in a small group. That can't happen on Sunday morning in a worship service, mm. but in a small group, in a life connection group, man, it can happen. You can discuss, you know, what, what the message was about or the passage or what the case may be, right? Andy Stanley, he, he said it, you know, really, really well uh, years ago. He talked about, you know, rows versus circles. Mm. So on Sunday morning, we sit in rows. Yes. And when we sit in rows, I mean, the whole design of sitting in rows is you look at the back of the heads of people, right? That's, that's not design, condu- huh? Yeah, that's not conducive okay. for community. Right, that's that's conducive for looking at the person on the stage and listening Mm -hmm. to what the person on the stage is saying. There's a difference between rows and circles. When I'm in a circle, what am I doing? I'm looking at people in their faces. Mm -hmm. Circles are great for conversation. Rows are not. Circles are. And so, what happens in a small group is you get to sit in a circle. Mm-hmm. You get to circle up and have a conversation about Scripture. You get to hash out theological issues. And, and you think about it, it's a safe place to do so. Because, oh, yeah. again, in that, in that circle, there are like-minded people who believe the Word of God and who, who are growing in the Word of God and can help protect you from getting into some theological messes by helping you think through what the Scripture says correctly. You know, what's been interesting, and I've heard this over and over again, they'll, they'll actually say, well, so-and-so said, but I brought back to them, or I, I mentioned to them that maybe they need to look at this scripture. Yeah. They need, you know, that's, that's outside the biblical model. That's outside what we're talking about biblically. So it's there, even in small group, there can be that little bit of correction where people are saying, Hey, listen, you really mean to examine that. Let's get get back back where we need to be. Yeah. So it's just really important because, you know, you can have those biblical conversations in a life connection group, in a small group that are going to help you to grow. And just, just think about it, right? 
it helps you to become a better Bible student. Oh yeah, because you're you're searching it out together, mm-hmm. right? And and I don't know about you, but for me, Trey, in in my experience, when I've been in those small groups and and we're discussing Scripture, it just gives me a greater hunger to want to go deeper myself, my own individual walk with the Lord. And so, man, just being able to to sit in that circle and engage in a conversation. It's so important. And what we also find out, Trey, is that when, when we're in those small groups that are talking about the passage and digging deeper, then when the next Sunday morning comes and the pastor is up preaching the message, you're going to listen better. You're going to take the time to listen better to what the pastor is saying because, at least in our model, the next Sunday you're going to be talking about it. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to listen so you know what to talk about the exactly. next Sunday. And it's so a great it, model. It just helps to foster those conversations that are so important in your spiritual development. So we need small groups. You need to be in a small group mm-hmm. because you need to grow in your faith. God's designed you to grow in community, and you need the biblical conversations. You need people around you helping you to discuss Scripture well. I mean, it's it's the real deal to be in it's a small group. You know, it, it, it. I think people think it's optional, and it just burdens me no. greatly that people think, well, I can do that or not do that. Um, but it leads us right to number three. If we're not going to do that, then we're going to lose number three, which is you need a spiritual family. You need a family. Yeah, and that's what that does for us. Yeah. Give us that kind of a family. Yeah, so, so Trey, the first church I pastored, was in Franklin, Louisiana, about mm-hmm. an hour north of New Orleans. The The first Sunday I was there, um, we might have had 30 people. It was a small church. The benefit of being a part of a small church is I got to know everybody. You sure would. Yeah, exactly. yeah I mean, they were all my family. Mm-hmm. There was not a person in that congregation I did not know. And that congregation grew. We got to about 75 or 80. But uh, point being, that was still a small church. Even when we grew, doubled in size or a little better, we were still small. I was still able to know everybody. And I have great memories of that church because it really felt like a family. I knew everybody. Mm -hmm. Here we are at Northwood. We're significantly larger than that. I've been here for almost four years, and I still don't feel like I know everybody in our church. It's it's impossible, right? it is. We're six, seven hundred people on a Sunday morning. It's impossible to know that many people individually. If, If you come to our church as a guest, you might get to know three or four people while you're here on a Sunday morning, but it's, imp- it's just impossible for you to know everybody. But if you are involved in a small group family, mm-hmm. eight, nine, ten people that over the course of time you grow to know and you grow to know intimately, and you need that. We need that so desperately in our lives, just this family around us. Testimony. You, uh, when you first got here, asked me if I had gotten in a small group yet. And uh, I was attending here as worship, and I said, not yet. But that small group transformed my understanding of the, of other believers mm, in this church. Mm, yeah. And all of a sudden, I had family. I had you friends. Had I had people friend. that knew my name. I knew their names. It just yeah, changed everything. It did. It did. And because in, in that small group, not only are you getting good Bible conversation that you need, mm-hmm. you're also getting real fellowship, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. I mean, you're, 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 you're forming those friendships. You're, you're, you're forming those bonds, and that's just so important. You're getting care. Mm-hmm. You think about, again about our church in particular, and, and one of the reasons why I'm so proud of our church is, you know, we as pastors, we, we try our best to do hospital visits and all those things that are involved in pastoral ministry. But again, a church our size, it's difficult to do all that. Mm-hmm. But when you have small groups that are effective, man, those small groups are able to come around people who are hurting and support them and encourage them, oftentimes far better than what I can as a pastor. Because those small group members, they know that person mm-hmm. who's struggling oftentimes better than I do. Oh, yeah. 
Right. And so, man, you think about it, just the, and, and we've seen it at our church. I mean, here's what was so cool when I was in Franklin. And again, that church was small. And, you know, when somebody was sick in the hospital, maybe you remember this when, when you pastored some smaller churches too, Trey, when somebody was sick in the hospital, had an open heart surgery, you know who was there? The entire church. Exactly. Everybody joined. Everybody. In, in the waiting room. In a, in a right church there. that small. They brought food yeah. and Coca-Colas and right, everything because, else. Because, you know, in a church that small, again, everyone was family. Now, yeah. here at Northwood, all 600 of us ain't going to show up for your heart surgery. That's just not possible. But I, I guarantee you this, if you're part of a small group, people are going to show up when you're hurting. Mm-hmm. They're going right. to show up to care for you, to love you, to nurture you. And you're going to learn how to care for other people in that small group as well. I mean, it's just a, a beautiful place for you to really experience some family and the relationships that you need to grow in your walk with Jesus and to find the support you need when you're struggling and hurting. There's accountability there. I mean, it's just it's just hugely important. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know that it's hard accountability because we do have options at our church for hard accountability, yeah. but certainly there's an accountability. Absolutely. You know, listen to the scripture and listen to the sermon. And well, when we say accountability, of, right, it's yeah. the, the idea of, man, if, if, if you're missing, mm-hmm. we know it. People can reach out to you. Yeah, yeah. We right? know it. We go after you. Yeah, we're not saying that that in, in our small group structure, at least in our life connection groups, that, that you know, people are going to just hound you to death and, you know, <laughs> yeah. ask you a million questions about your spiritual walk every week. But there's a sense of accountability that, that if you're missing, we know it. Mm-hmm. And we come back to find you. We, we reach out to, to bring you back into the fold, right? And so it, it, there is this sense of family that, that you can only experience in some ways in a small group where you're connected with people who know you and love you and want to encourage you. And I think it also helps in number four because we need to develop a selfless attitude. Yeah. You know what? That really is the challenge of being a part of any family is learning how in a family to be selfless. Mm-hmm. I mean, by nature, we're selfish, right? But but you know this, like I do, Trey, that in Scripture, I think it's something like 54, 55 times. You, a lot. You find this you phrase, one another, mm-hmm. right? Love one another. Devote yourself to one another. Live in harmony with one another. Build up one another. Accept one another. Admonish one another. Care for one another. Serve one another. All over Scripture, you mm-hmm. see these these one another's. And man, think about it, Trey. You learn how to live out these one another's mm-hmm. in a small group. You do. You're connected to a you know eight, nine, ten fellow believers where you're learning how as you care for someone's needs to love them. Mm-hmm. As you're learning how to listen to someone who's struggling and honor them. Right. As you're learning how to build one another up when, when, when there's encouragement needed. I mean, all these one another's, you really do learn how to practice them in a small group. And think about this, Trey. What, what's beautiful about a small group is that, you know, in, in our church, it's a little bit different because, you know, we, we do it based on life stage and things like that. But even in those groups that are based on life stage, you know, older married couples or younger married couples or singles, where the case may be, you're still bringing together very different people. You are. Mm-hmm. You know, people who come from different educational backgrounds, maybe de- different economic backgrounds, uh, different lifestyles, maybe different whatever. Mm-hmm. You're bringing them together and we're saying, OK, in this group, we're going to be a family together. So I've got to learn how to accept you. I've got to learn from from your your experience and what you've been through. I've got to learn how to minister to you, even though we're different. And so so you really see in in a small group, this idea of unity in diversity being lived out living out the one another. So you're different than me, but I'm going to love you. Amen. Right? Amen. Uh, we don't always think the same way, but I'm still going to honor you, right? <laughs> yeah. 
your struggles are different than my struggles, but in your struggles, I'm going to encourage you to look to Christ and, and live out his word, right? And so, again, in this, in this diversity, we become more and more unified as we live out the one another's in Scripture in that small group. And so, man, small groups are just a really, really good place to learn how to develop a, a selfless attitude, a Christ-like mm-hmm. attitude, which we all need. You know, in this day of COVID, I think that the difficulty we face is how then we do it. Yeah. You know, and I think uh, using this gift of the internet, yeah. you know, using that, yeah. if we, if that's what, what it takes, then that's yeah. what we have to do right now. Yeah. And so I just think if we go back to your best spiritual growth happens in community, then we must be intentional yeah. about being in community. And that's what it is, people. Trey. That's what it is, is intentionality. Yes. You've got to take a step of faith and open up mm-hmm. your life so that others can pour into you. Amen. I think that's the problem, Trey. That's why, 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 why many people never, you know, give life connection groups or small groups a try. Mm-hmm. The the vulnerability and having to, you know, be accountable and having to open myself up to people. People are scared to do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. But you're never going to experience the blessings of it until you take the step of faith and open yourself up to be involved in the lives of people so that you might experience that growth that God has for you. And so maybe you're listening to this episode today and you're not involved in a Life Connection group or a small group or whatever your church has. Take that step of faith. Open yourself up. And, and and if your church is anything like our church, your church is doing everything they can to provide opportunities for you to experience these kinds of connections, mm-hmm. whether it's through Zoom, whether it's in person. Your church is probably going out of the way like we are at Northwood to to offer opportunities for you to experience really biblical, real biblical community. Take advantage of those opportunities. Amen. Amen. Right. Well, community is a huge part of what it means to be a church. So pastor, as we think of that, why don't you close us out and prepare us for what we got coming up next week? Yeah, we hope this has been a blessing to you. And we hope that, that, you know, as you've listened to this podcast today, that you're thinking about what it means to be a part of a small group, because you will make the most of your church when you are committed to being a part of a small group. And so we hope today that if you're not a part of one, you'll take your next step of faith and, and get involved in a group at your local church. And And we hope that that you'll today subscribe to this podcast and get new content delivered to your device every single week. If you have not done so already, go ahead and do it now. Uh, leave us a five-star review. That's very helpful for us. And as always, we hope that today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.